Hello, boys and girls, and then welcome to Nerds on the Crypt, where we'll be discussing another horror movie, and Nick is cracking up in the background. <laughs> um, oh. So today we're going to be discussing a movie that I feel is underestimated uh, by a lot of people, at least for a while, but has now, I, I believe it's now starting to pick up traction again. I think I've I've been hearing more and more people talk about it as far as um, it getting like more like a cult following, and um, I've heard I think, other. Um, I think most of the tales of the Crips movies always had, um, well, even the TV show. Um, there's a couple of people that just really like the show and the movies about. The, um, some of the movies aren't that great, but this yeah. one is probably the best. Yeah, and uh, so. If you haven't read the title of the of the episode, it is we're talking about Tales in the Crypt Demon Knight. And like I said, I, I feel like there's a there's a, um, a couple of people who do not like this movie. I personally loved it. It uh, came out in 95. It was uh, produced by Universal Studios. And it was the first of a planned trilogy for the Tales in the Crypt movies. Do you remember when you first saw this uh, movie, Nick? Um, probably a couple of years after it got released, because um, back then everything was still on video. Yeah. So it was um, probably a video or maybe one of the first DVD rentals ever. Um, I. Yeah. Yeah, I had I to used wait to for it. For renting <laughs> old horror movies, and um, there was like this section at the um, the DVD rental place that was all horror movies. And something like this would have definitely be on the like the prime display area. Yeah, I remember getting it on VHS, and it was actually my cousin who had just moved to Texas. They uh, around this time, actually around '95, and I wasn't able to go watch it in theaters because I was underage at the time. But um, he was able to rent it for me, and I remember liking it very from the very beginning. Um, I remember watching the Tales in the Crypt TV show. Now, I know you said that up in, over there in the N- Netherlands, it's a little bit different when it comes to the uh, being able to get TV or TV episodes um, when it first comes out. W- when did you first watch the, a- the actual TV show? I can't remember, honestly. Um, probably around when I was 16, 17. Um, so that would be... The 2000s. 2000s. Okay, like, so towards the end. 99, 2000-ish. Um, yeah, I mean, this stuff is like most American TV shows, especially back then, before they came on uh, Dutch TV, it usually would take a couple of <laughs> normally years. Yeah. And if it was a really good show, it would be a couple of months. Yeah. So- um, but yeah. <laughs> I'd say this is probably like, yeah, two thousands ish. So yeah, so quite a bit of years after it ended, actually. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> just for those of you who do not know um, the history of the Tesla Crypt, I'm just go through really quickly, not anything um, really in depth. Tesla Crypt was a bi-monthly series published by EC Comics in the 1950s. It uh, it was actually it actually not was not by itself. It was Tales from the Crypt. It it had uh, the Haunt of Fear and the Vault of Horror, which later became the stories for the Tales from the Crypt TV show. And oh, cool. the 
comic book actually started off named The Crypt of Terror, but was renamed Tales from the Crypt as of issue 18. Now, sounds cooler as well. I'm sorry? The, I mean The Crypt of Terror. It sort of <laughs> sounds like it's just about the crypt, and with Tales of the Crypt, you can do all kinds of stories from it, you know? Yeah. yeah like I don't, it's a collection of tales. That's, yeah, and still, it sounds cool. what was weird is that it's it had like the it didn't have just the crypt keeper it had other other um host in it it had the the vault keeper it had the witch and it had the crypt keeper and from what i remember i think they took turns uh telling the stories from from, from issue to issue so it wasn't always the same the same host and if uh, for if anybody who's actually read those old school comic books, uh, the Crypt Keeper was a lot different from what we know him now. He was more of a, just like a kind of like a um, like an old monk kind of character with his kind of scraggly hair, uh, with a hood over his, over him. Um, really couldn't see his face, but he is a lot different from the comic books to what we later received in the HBO series. The original comic book actually ended because of the uh, comics code uh, or what what led up to oh, the comics yeah. code because of um there were people who who decided that it that tells the crypt along with all the horror and terror terror um genre of comic books were leading to um illiteracy and delinquency. I don't know how that can happen. If uh, you're reading comic books, you're actually reading. <laughs> but um, well, the Comics Code Authority was against not just that, but they were against all kinds of things like cursing, violence, yeah, um, just sort of abuse of um, alcohol and tobacco and drugs. Yes. Um, the most famous case is in a issue of um, Green Arrow. The oh, yeah. DC Comics, you know, where Red um, Arrow or Speedy the Sidekick, um, he uh, overdoses on heroin. Yeah. And that was basically <laughs> the breaking point for the Comics Code Authority. Yeah. And, I mean, along when this comic book, co- comic book, uh, comic code came out, it eliminated a lot of things from the comic books and eliminated um, the things pretty much that Tells in the Crypt was, were using monsters, werewolves. Supernatural, occult, um, demons, you know, everything that was a staple of Tales of the Crypt comic books. And uh, it, it really just it helped bring an end to the actual comic book hist- uh, comic book of uh, Tales of the Crypt. So we fast forward um, to 1972, and there was a anthology uh, film and, uh, that came out named Tales of the Crypt, and it... Incorporated some of the stories from not only Tales from the Crypt but from the Vault of Horror, and that one actually had a a second um, a, a part two, a, a resequel, and I don't remember. I think it's called the Vault of Horror, um, for which is the the uh, sequence uh, the second one, and then it might have a third one uh, which is Two Fisted Tales. Um, I'm not sure if that one actually ended up being a direct sequel or in the same the same um, from the same company. So we fast forward to 1989 and we get the Tales from the Crypt that most people know um, from today and it's HBO's Tales from the Crypt and that introduced the new host um, which is the Crypt Keeper not the old monk kind of guy but this guy is more of a skeleton kind of 
uh, rotting flesh and very punny uh, character who I believe ended up being the star of the show. He, um, I don't know if he was meant to be the star of the show, but he stole the show with um, how funny he was. And at some points, he was pretty creepy. Yeah, he looks like the, the guy in all the Iron Maiden uh, album covers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was an actual puppet. And it, I believe they said it took about at least three people just to mess with his with his mouth. Or it took quite a bit of people to 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 help him um, talk and do the things he does in the show. So uh, the series started ended up uh, lasting about seven seasons. Not about it did land uh, last seven seasons, and it spun off. There was a couple of spinoffs from it, including a cartoon series, Tales from the Crypt Keeper. And a game show, uh, which was, if I remember correctly, it was Secrets of the Tales, uh, Secrets of the Crypt Keepers Mansion, something like that, Haunted Mansion. It was a short-lived um, series, and it really didn't feature the Crypt Keeper. It had a different host. It was a big old skeleton. I remember I for, had forgotten about this show, but I remember it now that I was, when I was reading and researching Tales from the Crypt. I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't make that up. I, I did. <laughs> That did happen. Um, so, what we're here to review today was one of the spin-offs, which is actually a film, and it was the first of the trilogy, like I said, which was Demon Knight. Now, Demon Knight did not originally start off as a as a script for for Tales from the Crypt, but eventually it made it to uh, Tales from the Crypt after a series of. Uh, People falling out from directors to producers and and so forth. And we'll get we'll get more into it later on later on in the episode as far as what happened, um, what we hear um, was gonna, was going to be in the movie and so forth. But let's just go right into the movie and uh, see what our uh, what we think about this. Nick, I'm going to ask you to uh, go over the synopsis uh, of this of um, Demon Knight. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um... Well, Demon Knight, it starts off um, with two cars, one chasing the other. You see um, our main uh, protagonist and main antagonist, actually, within the first couple of seconds. Um, trying to look them up. Um, you have um, the first um, Breaker, is his name, um, is your uh, protagonist. He's played by the brilliant William Sadler, mm-hmm. who I... Th- don't think I've ever seen that many times as like a hero in a movie. Yeah, I've seen him more of either a backup role or kind of a a basket. Yeah, he's always <laughs> a bad guy because he can do the German accent so well. Which and, uh, uh, he he was in uh, Die Hard. Yeah, uh, Die Hard. Three. He was in The Green Mile, and he's been in. Oh, he's the president in the MCU right now, I think. Oh yeah, he's the president. Oh yeah, you <laughs> forgot that. Um, but the the real showstopper in this movie, just like the cream of the crop, is of course the magical, spectacular Billy Zane as the collector, and who is playing it really straight for the first, actually for most of the movie, right up until the end. Um, sorry, you want to say something? Yeah. Uh- the the way this movie starts, it's kind of hard to tell who the uh, good guy is and who the bad guy is. 
they don't yeah. they don't really make it clear it's kind of just two cars going back going off um after each other and like you said uh william sadler if, especially if you know him from now um it's not there's not a lot of hero roles that he plays no i think the green mile is a pretty decent guy in that i think and um yeah he's the president but yeah sometimes the president's not very good <laughs> <laughs> so um i don't know about that but um yeah like you said at first you don't really know who's the good guy and who's the bad guy because they're just chasing each other but billy zane sort of has this sort of you know emotionless look when he's driving and like then the cars crash and there's just this massive explosion and then um an explosion that will never ever happen in real life <laughs> no it's your typicals well the thing is this movie came out in 95 but it's like it's made like an 80s movie yeah and that's well, sort of the beauty about these movies that they're they're not 80s movies but all of them just screams 80s um yeah, so you see the car crash. Um, first, um, Breaker runs out. He tries to steal another car. Um, this little kid sort of interrupts him, and then the entire town just chases him down. And at that point, you're sort of like, hey, he doesn't really seem like a good guy. Because, like, you know, he's trying to steal a car. Good people don't usually steal cars. Yeah. Um, but then... Um, yeah, you see um, the collector, um, Billy Zane, just being really, yeah, yeah. I, I think he's a bit strange in in the way he acts. He's very, like like I said, emotionless. He's almost like a robot. It's like like a different version of Terminator. What what I love <laughs> is when because uh, the the cops show up and the cops are really these bumbling idiots. Yeah. And uh, he kind of just comes out from the fire, a la Vin Diesel in, uh, in the Fast and the Furious, where he comes out of the plane just unharmed. And um, the guys are like, how the hell? And he's like, uh, airbags, you got to love them. And they're like, yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, just, yeah. they just take it as a matter of fact that that's what happens after being in a car accident. Of, I think they were going over 100 miles per hour uh, that airbag saved this man not only from dying but from being hurt from or... a massive explosion <laughs> exactly and the car is lying there like like flipped over completely on fire <laughs> it's just carnage and they're just going like okay um so yeah breaker runs off to this hotel um that's pretty much where most of the movie takes place after this as well um the police uh, decide to take the collector over to the hotel um, to, you know, sort this whole stuff out because um, the collector says that Breaker stole something from him. Um, so that's what they do. They bring him over to um, um, the hotel and there's a couple of characters you meet in the um, hotel. So let's uh, um, let's break down the, the characters that we, that we actually meet. We've already talked a little bit about Breaker. We talked a little bit about the collector. Um, within... The uh, hotel is it a hotel or is it a boarding house? I, that's what I never really understood what it was. I think it's a hotel. Okay, so uh, in this movie, it actually has quite a bit of. Um, I think it has pretty good cast. 
It, we have um, Geraldine, who is played by Jada Pickett, Pinkett, before she became Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, yeah. And we also have, um, well, let's talk about them individually. Geraldine is there at, at the house. She's working to kind of, as kind of like a, um, to get out Sorry, of prison. But, but she's there because she's she's it's like it's like a halfway house for her. She was she was there um, out of prison, and the only thing that we get is that she says she was there for stealing, which I mean that can be whatever, <laughs> it can be yeah. quite a bit of things. Um, and she she is a um, more like a slave, and I use that word kind of um, kind of cautiously because. <laughs> But um, that's, I mean, the owner of the place or the uh, the one, the person that's taking care of this is, is uh, Irene, who is played by CCH Pounder, uh, who yep. is the voice of, um, what's her name, from uh, Suicide Squad. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. CCH Pounder is, like, famous for a lot of things. Yeah. She is pretty much in in, like, almost every TV show. Yes. Um, she was in Sons of Anarchy. She was in Warehouse 13. Um, she does a ton of voice work. She, yeah, she, like you said, um, Amanda Waller in Justice League. There you go, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you see her, you know, like, oh, and you normally you don't really connect the name to the person. And they actually had, they. she looks a lot bigger Thumbs. in this in this role. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, and there's a reason for that, and I'll get I'll get to it later on. But there's a reason why she looks a lot bigger in this role, and then and then previously or afterwards. Uh, but she's the owner of this place, and she's the one that's kind of just ordering uh, Jerlyn around um, to clean the sheets, to do this and do that. And, and Jerlyn doesn't really um, take well to taking orders from from anybody. Yeah, uh, another. She's yeah. obstinate. <laughs> so um, I mean, I, that, those two people, though Irene and Jerlyn, I think have one of the two of the best lines in the movie, or the the best lines in the in the whole movie itself, other than the collector. Um, uh, other people we meet in in this boarding house or this hotel is uh, Roach, played by Thomas Hayden Church, who <laughs> is uh, people remember him from Ned and Stacy. Um, they can remember him from uh, in, uh, Spider-Man Three as the as the, uh, the Sandman. Sandman, and actually uh, he graduated from the same high school as I did. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So um, that's my one link to this movie. <laughs> oh, so you know him? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's one of the one of the people who were in this hotel, and I think he fills the douchey role, um, kind of. Oh, he's he's so horrible in this. (laughs) Seriously, um, you normally you want the bad guy, like you know, in this case, the collector, to lose in this movie, and to die. Um, I didn't want to go through this movie without um, Roach dying first. (laughs) (laughs) And I and I feel he gets what it's coming to him later on. Uh, Yeah, still too easy, but yeah. So we also have Cordelia, who is a prostitute. At least we're led to believe she's a prostitute, and not just someone who's there at the hotel. She might live there, but work there as well. And uh, she's played by Brenda. Um, I can't say her last name. Oh, Baker. Baker. Yeah, there you go. And that seems like a Dutch last name. So. 
And um, I remember watching the movie and kind of being in love with her. <laughs> she was uh, oh. very beautiful uh, at the time. <laughs> I, I kind of, I think she went into the plastic surgery row. And um, yeah, she actually appeared in Supernatural. Oh, uh, really? But I think she's unrecognizable at that point. Uh, she played a character named Susie. And I think it was was she... Oh, I think I even know who she played then. So, um, um, among those other things, she comes out in Criminal Minds, um, The Mentalist, Dollhouse. So she is somebody who has actually been kept busy since the movie and since before the movie. It, it just, I don't think she's ever done anything that really, really sticks out as a, um, what do we say, as a leading role or anything like that, as far as I know. <laughs> Or as far as I've been able to see. Um, another person we see in the hotel is the, um, I guess, lovable Uncle Willie, uh, uh, which is played by Dick Miller, one of the best character actors there is out there, um, who plays a pretty much. I don't. I don't know if he's playing a character or if it's just him the way he is, because all his all his uh, characters kind of seem the same, at least to me. I honestly didn't recognize him from that many things so I wouldn't know Well, he I just, just think he has a really awesome name <laughs> he he appeared in a lot of movies um, that were directed by Corman oh. uh, yeah so he and he came out in Gremlins Gremlins 2 uh, he, he appeared in Piranha The Howling Bucket of Blood Little Shop of Horrors the, the original one um, Night of the Creeps the, he, oh, he, he appeared in the Terminator he was a he was the 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 guy that sold uh, Arnold his the the weapons. Um, oh, when Arnold goes, Uzi nine millimeter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, and he, I think he's I think he tells him he doesn't have any illegal arms, but then he kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he also appeared in uh, Small Soldiers. Yeah, I think he's the guy that gives the toys away. Yeah. Um. Included here, well, we still have a couple more people that we're going to meet in the hotel. We have a Wally, who is the uh, fired mailman. And do you know who uh, this guy is? The actor? No, no yeah. idea. I think he's more known for voice um, voice acting. He's the voice of Roger Rabbit. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he came out, and he's come out in a couple of movies, uh, Nightmare, on Elm Street, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, he's appeared in The Night Shift. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can find anything that's more recent. Uh, he's came out in Rango, Zodiac. So he, he's been busy, but not he's as busy. He's a voice actor mostly then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I, I would just, um, I never knew he was the guy from Roger Rabbit, but not that like uh, he was someone that was well known other than well, though go ahead i was gonna continue with the story a bit <laughs> yeah i think that, that's those are the, the main people right because we get the little kid yeah. ryan there's the two sheriffs but that um they don't really matter that much <laughs> I, and um, i think i don't think they're the ones that really um because well, well we'll get to later but they're they they're the, the people that we talked about are the people who complete the the cycle or the the uh numbers that are needed for the collector to collect the relic that he's um going after and we'll talk more about the rules and, and the relic and all that in a little bit 
So go ahead. Okay. Um, well, at this point, um, they basically confront um, Breaker, the sheriffs plus the collector, and then um, you see that you know he's ha he has this relic, which is like an old key, uh, which you later get the explanation for for what it actually is. Um, but you get this old key, and um, the collector can't seem to pick it up directly because um, there's some something in it and he asked someone to pour it out um, but just then um, uh, is it Breaker that breaks loose then? So who shoots the sheriff? No, what happens is um, Breaker gets the key put into his little suitcase kind of kind of thing but he asks Uncle Willie to kind of pour out the, the blood or the, yeah. the liquid that's inside of it which we later find out it's blood and at that moment is when the sheriff says, you know, your car, your car was stolen as well, so you're going with us as, um, to to the to jail. And that's when he kind of just... Um... Oh, then, yeah, the collector attacks the, um, the police officers. Yes, with <laughs> one of the coolest deaths that, I like, that I've seen in, on film was just a punch to the head, and um, he goes right through him. Yeah, straight through. Not, you know what's funny though is that it's not just the punch that kills him, but his hand gets stuck in there, and he's just kind of like, ah, he, he, he can't, he can't seem to get him off. And well, it's sort of your typical tales from the crypt uh, death, I guess. Yeah. So this is where the movie actually starts off. Uh, where where I mean, where the main things start going is the. Uh, Breaker is able to warn off the collector by pouring some of this blood that hits in this key onto the. I don't know. At first, he actually um, shows him the key and and drives the, the collector out of the hotel, yep. and then he seals it up. And we get one of the I believe best moments in the movie with uh, Billy Zane going, um, getting all pissed off. <laughs> and, oh, you uh, mean? Oh, yeah, when he's all yeah, overacting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like the part after where he summons the demons. Yeah. Uh, um, what he does is he cuts open his hand with a surprisingly long fingernail that you haven't seen before. <laughs> <laughs> this green goo comes out, and he sort of just splashes it around a bit like it's confetti or something. Yeah, he kind of throws it and around. These, these things come from the ground. It's like... You know, in your typical, um, you know, Tales from the Crypt like horror, uh, you know, it's disgusting and it's mm -hmm. all slimy and blood sort of everywhere. And it's stop motion and it's puppets and it's, you know, it, it's wonderful and it's horrible at the same time. Um, but these, you know, demons are born from the ground. Um, and then, you know, in a couple of seconds, they're big and they have long hair, glowing eyes and they got, big heads and weird things. They got piercings um, all over the place, too. Oh, really? Yeah, they got they got like nose rings. They got earrings. They got... I wouldn't be surprised if they have nipple rings, but... Um, I remember one having, like, um, one of those, um, what you see in, in Japanese uh, movies, like samurai movies. Oh, yes, one yes. One of those, um, the... the um, hair like a ponytail on top of the head. Yeah, I I only the only way that I know that by is just the samurai samurai. Um, yeah, 
thing. I'm not sure what it, exactly what it's called. But it's um, it's it's a. I think it's one of my favorite scenes in that entire movie, and it's kind of silly and stupid, but it's almost like the transformation in in um, an American werewolf in London. You know. Oh yes. You know because you get to see all of it, and it's done in like yeah, in, in real time. Yeah, and, it, and it's done as a practical effect. Practical effects, and you see everything, which is just amazing. Yeah, and like I said before in the pre- in the previous show, I love practical effects. I prefer practical effects. I know there's some stuff that they can't do with practical effects, but anytime that you're able to get away with doing it, I would say go for it. Um, I know it's sometimes more expensive, but CGI is pretty expensive as well. So, in, in these kind of movies, it's it's worth it. Like it's yeah. it's even better because if you had like imagine the same scene with like 3D effects. In 1995, 3D effects horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, this was five years before The Matrix, and you know The Matrix was all right, but you know it it was kind of horrible. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, uh, these demons come out. Uh, we get a little bit more of the story because Breaker doesn't just doesn't come out with the story. He kind of just gives you little tidbits here and there. And he tells us that as long as he seals the rooms, the doors, and, and the, all with the, the blood that's in this key, that he can keep them out. Yeah. So, um, uh, then, do you uh, want to go over the, the actual backstory, or do you want to wait towards uh, the end for the backstory of the key? Well, let's go up to the point where they are actually talking about it. Because at first, they like the demons come out and they have a bit of a kerfuffle, you know. I yes. love that word. Um, <laughs> oh yes, with you know, uh, stupid roach. The doors, they shoot the um, the demons, but like it, you know, they shoot ten bullets into one and it doesn't die. And then Breaker goes like, "No, you have to shoot the eyes." So they shoot the eyes, and one of them goes like, you see, like really bad sort of laser beams everywhere. Like Raiden. And then, uh, a couple of them die, and then they seal up the entire house with the blood. Yeah, and. Th- I think this is one of the the moments that we see Roach at his worst, where he's like like trying to he tries to leave the house with uh, with Cordelia behind him, and the he gets attacked by the by the uh, demons and he kind of just goes back inside and leaves uh, Cordelia outside, and it's our man Wally who ends up coming out and shooting the um, shooting the demon in the eye and he gets uh, pretty he gets. Uh, he gets hit by the by the lightning or whatever that comes out of their eyes. Yeah. But we see right right off the bat, we see how bad a Roach is as a person. Um, and Roach and Cordelia seem to have had a thing because early in the film, we see them having this kind of kinky kind of party in his room uh, with a battery and his nipples. <laughs> Which... Uh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it can't be a uh, Tales from the Crypt without... <laughs> Not something weird like that happening, um, but so yeah. So um, as long as it's consensual, it's fine. That's <laughs> that's true. Um, so now we have uh, one of the one of the sheriffs is dead. One of the um, one of the demons is dead. That that were along with um, that brought was brought to life by the collector, and um, we are told that these are demons. Um, by Breaker, and that the only thing that can keep him out is the blood and, and so forth. So you get a little bit of exposition here. We still don't get a full story of what's going on. 
I believe he kind of tells them at this moment that the blood in the key is from the carpenter that was crucified many, many years ago. So we get people starting to say, wait, 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 is that Jesus' blood in there? And he kind of, they kind of like, yes, it's also the blood of all the, uh, what are these called? Uh, the demon knights that came before him um, in there yeah. as well. Um, but Breaker, because he's Breaker, does not de- decide not to give the full story. So we still have to wait a little bit longer to get the full story of what's going on. Um, so This uh, is where, um, where he starts... They start moving off the first or the ground floor because, um, yeah, it's just not very easy to barricade that. Um, So they move up to like a higher floor. They move up to a higher floor and they decide to kind of just hang out on their own, (laughs) which Um, because horror movie logic. Yeah, exactly. Um, Remember, kids, if there's ever a demon outside your hotel. but yeah, this is where um, the demon or the collector starts um, tempting the people inside, and it's because- so freaking awesome. I lo- I like yeah. this is why I like the character because there's something he, there's one thing that I don't get though. There's one thing I don't get. I like this aspect of it because he it does tempt the people inside, but um, I I guess he's psych. Uh, what's it called? Um, psychic he has psych, uh, psychic powers that do, are not blocked by the, the blood, or maybe yeah, I, or maybe I shouldn't just uh, I shouldn't just think of it uh, so hard. He's like from hell, so he knows everyone's deepest darkest desires. <laughs> Come on, that's just pure logic. So yeah, so go ahead and, and um, we were saying with Cordelia. Uh, yeah, the first one I think he tempts is Cordelia. Um, so he's standing outside the window, and it's this weird scene where he talks to her, and she's all enchanted by him. And then some guy comes out, and, you know, kisses her. And then you hear nothing. You see the rest of the group move up and um, open up the door that um, she was in. And you see her being turned into this demon monster thing eating one of the other people who was in there as well yeah because what happens is that he tempts uh, he tempts you with what you want what you in at the at the most root of your of, of your desires he'll get you with that and what she wanted was attention she wanted love she wanted she yes she was a prostitute but in deep down inside she wanted true love and she wanted someone to take care of her and he says he can do that for her and she accepts him so it's not just Hey, I'm getting attacked by this guy. You he you actually have to um, you actually have to take and accept uh, the possession, and um, he te- he accepts the possession um, by, from the collector, and she turns around and Wally is in the room, and uh, he seduces her. Uh, uh, she seduces him. I'm sorry, and um, he takes takes her out, takes him out uh, by his. Gnawing on, gnawing, I think on his neck or something. But she's eating him, and that's when everybody comes she's in. Just plain eating him. Yeah, and that's when everybody comes in, and they they are able to kill her, um, finish her off pretty quickly. Um, I don't remember if they shoot her in the eyes or not, but they're able to kill her. Oh, yeah, they have to, right? This is the one where they um, they shoot at her head, and her eyes pop out, and they sort of squirm on the ground a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, guys, this this movie is over the top 
in, in ridiculousness factor. So if it can pop out and, and have a life on its own, it will. <laughs> um, she's also the one that I think uh, rips off Irene's arm. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, man. Because <laughs> uh, she tries to close the door or something, and she grabs her arm and just, like, just tears it off. Yeah. She sort of smashes against the wall yeah. and then rips it off. So this <laughs> is why um, CCH Pounder was so much bigger in this, in this movie. Uh, it's because they had to use a padding so they can hide her real arm for this particular bit. Oh. So... <laughs> So, so she had a sling under there. Yeah, yeah. Ah, and um, so they and from the interviews that I saw, because they had they had a like a um, what's it called a behind the scenes uh, interview uh, of this, and it was she was actually worried that it didn't look real enough, so she was just like um, she actually made the, per, the effects person be there on set at the time when they were doing this to make sure that it looked as real as possible. Yeah, but it doesn't really look fake. So yeah, um, yeah. Moving ahead, they um, move on. Um, they break through a wall or something. They break and through a wall. I believe someone, someone. They get they get in somehow, but I'm not sure. One, I think one of the seals breaks. So. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it. One of the seals break. So they go through the wall. And then they sort of move through that into the next room and seal up the wall behind them. Um, and I think this is where um, Breaker tells them the exact story, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So, do you uh, do you remember the story, or um, would you like me to go through it? Um, yeah, you go through it. Okay, so th- I'm, I'm gonna try to remember exactly how it is that um, it goes through. But what happens is that. Um, he says back in, in the, at the creation of uh, before everything at the beginning there was darkness and there was a, a void and this is before or right after the creation of earth uh, there was nothing but darkness and demons were all over the earth and they used seven keys to actually uh, focus their power and and control the universe. However, God took got these keys, these seven keys, and it spread them across the universe so that they wouldn't be able to um, to control it. Yeah, they okay. sort of locked them away with it. Yes. So throughout these thousands and thousands of years, hundreds and thousands of years, these demons have been in search for these keys, and they found six of them, which all they need is that seventh and last key that Breaker has before they can unlock, uh, unlock the, I guess, the power that they need to take over the universe. Uh, well, when one of these demons was about to grab the last key, he was warded off by God by pouring the blood of Jesus into the key and gave it to a thief named, um, I, I'm probably going to murder the, or, or just, Say read about it. Sirash, Sirash, something like that. Um, so Sirash uh, fills the key, the key with the blood of Jesus Christ, and he becomes the guardian of the key and becomes the first demon knight. And he had the key until World War One. Um, the World War One officer. Um, oh, is was, that the same guy? 
I'm not sure if it's the same guy or he passed it on to that to that World War One officer. But what happens is that at the time of passing away, they refill the key with their own blood, which um, has been mixed now with that of of Jesus' blood. So Breaker received his key from his officer at World War One, and now it seems that the stars are aligning again and. A bunch of things are starting to happen that would require for a new guardian to take to come into existence. Um, soon after this happens, uh, Roach decides that he it's better to have uh, the collector have the key. <laughs> for <laughs> for whatever reason, he decides that it's a good idea, you know, um, and. So I'm not sure how he's able to steal the key from everybody, but uh, he's able to steal the key. He calls the collector. He goes, "Hey, uh, you know what? We'll, we'll make a deal if you um, if you just um, let me out." And this is one of the improvised moments by Billy Zane. Here is he shows up and he says, "I can't get across the the doorway here or the stairway because the the seal." And he pulls out this. Uh, sponge out of his mouth and that was not actually in the in the in the script that is improvised by billy zane billy zane really? asked for a sponge yep he asked for a sponge he put it in his mouth and he and he goes from the the way i heard it in in the uh, in the interview he is like i need a sponge i want to i'm going to use the sponge hopefully you guys have a sponge that is clean <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, he kind of shoved it in his mouth, and then he just let it out, and he gives it to um, Roach. So, so, I think so Billy Zane's just saying that. I think he just always has a sponge in his mouth. <laughs> it, it looks kind of weird. It looks, uh, it looks the way it just comes out, it, it just looks weird. Um, and Roach cleans it up, and uh, Roach gives him one of the weirdest lines. Um, and I said that in the last episode, but one of the <laughs> another weird line uh, that I've seen in, in film. Uh, what was to say? Like, hey, uh, you know this whole uh, was it a demon um, possessing Earth? Whatever, it's not that bad. I have hemorrhoids. I'm like, oh yeah, it's totally, it's totally uh, either the equal or or worse than um, the world being uh, taken over by demons. <laughs> uh, of course, the collector lied, and um, Roach gets uh, torn apart. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um. After this, he tries to tempt, um, what's her name, Gerilyn? Yes, Gerilyn gets tempted. Um, she, like her, I don't really get it. Like, it looks like she wants to be famous or something. Maybe that's what she's tempted with. It's like tempted with seeing, fame um, and seeing the world. Yeah. Um, I think she just wants to get out of, like, the, the town I think that's sort of really what her desire is. Yeah. Well, because right now she's... Um, Fort- or, well, fortunately, uh, does it work? <laughs> um, like, he tries and he actually... What I don't get is he actually gets in that room with her. Um, but, like, he doesn't do anything. But is he actually in the room with her or is he uh, in her head? Because, like, that's what I was saying. I don't get, I don't get it is if... Can he get into the room... Um, or is it is it all just psychic? Um, what's it called? Uh, I'm not I'm not sure what the word is. Uh, it's psychic. Yeah, well, he's projecting um, to 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 her to mind. Her yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh my God! Is Billy Zane really just um? What's his name? Alan Moore. Alan Moore. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, but yeah, um, it, it fails, and she ultimately doesn't accept it. Um, which is a big hint. It kind of spoiled. Yeah, it. Uh, it's. Did you know that? You know, she's gonna be the one. Um, the next one, the Temptation, is my favorite. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> it's Uncle Willie. Oh, Uncle Willie. And he just sort of walks into this room, and there's like these girls in bikinis, or sometimes not even in bikinis. Yeah. Just all handing him beer and alcohol. Which one of the girls is Tracy Br- uh, Bingham? I don't know who that is. She um, she is a f- famous for her uh, being on TV. She appeared in uh, Beverly Hills. She appeared in Baywatch, um, A Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and Married to Children, among among other other stuff. But those are the the main ones that I know of. No, okay. Um, well, anyway, he gets tempted by um, by all this alcohol and these women, and he walks up to the bar. And Billy Zane is like, he has these glasses on and his hat on, and he's completely overacting the shit out of it. Oh yeah, he's going like, "Hey there, would you like a drink?" And that's his own. That's the only thing that Uncle Willie wants. Because if we remember, he just wants a drink. Because <laughs> remember earlier in the in the film, they catch him up up in the attic just with his hidden uh, his hidden uh, booze, and they yeah. take it away from him. So all he wants is a drink, and that's all it takes. He takes the drink and he becomes possessed. I was like, "Come on, Uncle Willie!" <laughs> and then he turns around and he just. Uh, we didn't talk about the little kid that came up, um, that came out from the tunnels underneath the underneath the hotel. But they, he ends up coming into the into the hotel. Uh, we had seen him earlier in the movie when uh, Breaker was trying to break into the car. It ends up being that he was breaking into one of uh, the kid's dad's uh, vehicle, mm-hmm. um, and he escapes into the tunnels underneath this this um, town because his parents got turned into demons. So he was trying to escape, and he ends up at the hotel. And he's at the hotel, I mean, in the room with un- with Uncle Willie. And the, I think it's one of the, the my favorite thing is that you see Uncle Willie kind of like groping for for boobs, and the little kid's like, "What the <laughs> hell's he doing?" Yeah, because he's just <laughs> groping in air. Yeah. And then Uncle Willie turns around, and he's got demonic. He's got this eyes, and this, and his mouth are kind of just like foaming. And he just yeah, slaps the crap out of. Uh, does he? I think he slaps the crap out of the kid. Throws him. No, no, he, cra- he chokes the life out of Breaker. Well, he slaps the kid. Yeah. Yeah, he throws and him across the he, room. Yeah, and he then he chokes. Um, just pretty much what they all do is they go full out on uh, Breaker. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he chokes Breaker and then um, uh, Jerlin uh, decapitates him. Well, before that. The, the, uh... Geraldine comes in with a like a pocket knife or uh, some sort of knife, and he goes. Of course, you have to go for the eyes. So she comes up from behind him, trying to stab him in the eye. And Uncle Willie turns around, and he's not. It doesn't look like he's possessed anymore. Hey, you know, it's your Uncle Willie. <laughs> and she kind of like, um, kind of decides that she's she might not be able to do it. But like, oh come on! I always, I always, whenever I see this in movies, and and. They a demon or or anything that's pretending to be someone that you know. I'm like, you know, oh. it's not that person. Come on, I know it, it plays with your with your head and all, but 
but you know it's not them. It's the whole movie, the whole story is based upon them being able to do this. You know this. Um, if you didn't know that they can do this, maybe, maybe you can, I can get a, get you past, let let it slide or whatever. But you know it's gonna happen. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Um, so well, yeah, they cut off um, Uncle Willie's head, and then the little kid walks over and brings it to like these um, antlers. Antlers. Yeah. <laughs> no. Put it on there with the eyes so that the uh, demon dies. Did you know? Did you notice that uh, Uncle Willie does no longer look like Uncle Willie when he um when his head comes off though? Oh, the head yeah. itself. Yeah, it, it did was... not look anything like Uncle Willie. It reminded me of Beetlejuice. Um, of when, yeah, when... but not that much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which um, I, I forgot to tell you. Oh. I, I forgot to tell you when um. Billy Zane is out there dancing when he when he when we're talking about where he's like throwing a fit. He kind of reminded me of Beetlejuice at that point, where Beetlejuice is throwing the, his fit in, in his movie. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So Uncle Willie is dead, uh, decapitated, and eyes poking out by uh, the little kid is actually the one that does it. And we see. Irene and one of the sheriffs, I forgot, I think it's Deputy Bob, um, who go upstairs after seeing that Uncle Willie was up there. And they see all the mail that Wally had stolen. Because later we had we had noticed that Wally was fired and he was trying to act like he didn't know what was going on. But he, this guy he was holding a bunch of mail. He got fired correctly. And he had a bunch of guns. No ammunition for some reason, but he had a bunch of guns. Because um, it looked like he was going to go postal on the uh, at the post office, which I believe was going on a, a lot at the time uh, at the movie. I think that's when there was having all these um, incidents with the uh, post uh, the postal workers uh, shooting up the place. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, so um, they find this uh, contraption of uh, grenades, and they decide. Oh, at this point, Irene gets tempted. And it looks like her deepest desire at this point is to have her arm back. Because uh, the collector shows up, and he has an arm on a platter. I can give you what you, what is it? I can give you what you really want. <laughs> and then you just see her stump move up, like, looking to, like, she wants to accept it. And he goes, and goes is that a yes? He goes, this is me flicking you off. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, then... Her and Deputy Bob sort of have this contraption of all these hand grenades. Yeah. Where they just sort of, you know, suicide bomb all the demons downstairs. Which, wouldn't it wouldn't it have been better to use each one of these separately? And just... Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's a horror movie. Horror movie to, rules. It doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> Anyway, at this point, there's just three people left um, and one, you know, scary demon. Um, there's the collector outside still. Then there's the kid, um, Gerilyn, and Breaker. Um, they move up to what looks like an attic or at least like a room that's... Don't they go to the basement? No, because there's windows in that. Oh, okay, okay. Um... So um, they sort of have this conversation um, because at this point, Breaker's pretty badly hurt. And um, they have this conversation like, hey, you know, someone has to take over. 
Well, the reason why Breaker gets hurt is because Danny, a little kid, he finds a comic book. Well, and- that happens after. Um, first, he explains that he's like she sort of has to take over at one point. He actually gives her the key. And she gets these flashes of like you know the what happened Christ the cross thing and all these things, um, and then all of a sudden the kids like reading the tales from the crypt comic book, mm-hmm. um, and then you sort of don't see him for a bit, and while they're explaining stuff, and all of a sudden the kid sort of comes up, and his eyes turn green, and then he just instantly transforms into this giant monster with a giant teeth and this really weird big tongue and he just rips every little single organ sort of out of Breaker's body. <laughs> At least that's what it He was Gene like. Simmons. He got Gene Simmons. Um, anyway, um, they actually transfer the key at this point. She gets like the little... Um, tattoo on her heart, on her hand um, of the, the stars, stars. Mm-hmm. and um, yeah I think he just dies at this point well yeah he's got like all his organs out of him now so <laughs> yeah um, then at that point Billy Zane sort of comes in through a weird lift in the ground <laughs> I don't know <laughs> They stop making sense at this point. It's just yeah. all of a sudden, the magically the floor opens up. He just comes in through this sort of yeah little lift that takes him up, and he you know sort of talks to I think even a dead breaker at this point. Um, so he's like you know there's a new um keeper of the relic, and um so he goes out to hunt for Jalen who is making her way through the um, entire hotel to um, the exit. Um, she, or then the collector confronts her, and they have this weird sort of dance scene. Well, for, um, before that, she's covered in blood. She covers her blood herself in the blood of Breaker. And um, he, I don't know if he touches her and burns his hand, but he throws her in the um, he throws her in the shower and cleans her up, and she goes from having these red drenched clothes to being just plain white undergarments, <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of drags her down the stairs and just kind of banging her head everywhere, and then he gets her up and he starts dancing with her. Um, yeah, it, it's a really weird scene. Um, then he sort of shoots fire from his crotch at her. Well, she, yes, because he, he he falls in love with her because uh, he he was he she didn't fall for his temptation, and he kind of just says like he wants to settle down and bring her home to his demon parents and stuff. I think that's all just bullshit though. Like it, <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. Um, and um, yeah, at this point, they um, she sort of throughout this entire scene, she's keeping her mouth closed, um, which is sort of like you know really telling yeah um because then what you see in the end when he has an even longer fingernail and tries to rip open i think her stomach or whatnot um she spits in his face and she had the blood inside the thing in her mouth um 
So you see Billy Zane sort of a five-minute melting scene where Billy Zane just slowly melts into, like, poop. (laughs) Uh, It's then on fire. Yeah. (laughs) It's really weird. (laughs) It's sort of like, you know, um, at the end of The Wizard of Oz where the witch melts, this is sort of like a demon version of that, but there's fire and explosions and he sort of turns into like a winged demon. Yes. And then he just explodes all over, and then the entire um, hotel sort of blows up. And, and she Jolene is is okay. Is okay. Yeah, she sees. Well, she's immortal. Yeah. Yeah, because um, she's immortal, or at least somewhat immortal. Um, then, then the sun comes up. She wakes up, and. Uh, yeah, you see her continuing her journey. Um, last thing you see is her stepping into a bus, and she lines the bus with the blood, so demons can't get in. And then you see a demon sort of trying to get into the bus, and he notices the ward, and he says, "Like, no, no, I don't need this bus." And then he whistles the theme of the song of the show. Yeah. <laughs> so um we have the tags at the beginning of the episode and the be- at the end of the episode with with a crypt keeper uh i guess it it's it we need it because it is the tales from the crypt movie uh, um but i did, i for me i used to love the beginning of the show at the end of the show when the crypt keeper would come in tied all together with his puns and all that I really didn't get or didn't like the the wrap up scenes in this movie with the Crypt Keeper. Um, yeah, it's not as good as like the old ones from the show. Yeah. So, um, overall thoughts, Nick. What did you think of the movie? I love it. Um, it's it's very stupid, <laughs> um, but it is a lot of fun. Um, it's just yes. fun to watch. This is one of those movies that you just you know, you watch, you don't really want to think about the movie and it's just pure fun from beginning to end. The performances are actually very, well, pretty decent um, except for a couple maybe, but um, especially Breaker and the magical Billy Zane um, (laughs) they're very good. Jada Pinkett um, is very good in this as well Uh, or Jada Pinkett Smith I think you should call her now yeah um but yeah, she's very good as well in this. She always pretty much is very good in movies. Um, I don't think I've ever seen her really do a bad movie. Um, yeah, so it's it's a very good movie. Um, Thomas Hayden Church is a bit meh, but he's a never bit of really, a douchebag. Yeah, he's a douchebag. <laughs> but you hate him, and you're supposed to hate him, so it sort of works. Yeah, he he. Um. I, w- I would like to feel like there's not someone exactly who would act like this guy in that situation, but I, it's believable the way he portrays him, and it's um, and at the end we get the satisfying scene where he ends up dying. <laughs> so Fred, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so um, it's it's a little arc that he has that we as an audience love. Um, this movie, like I told you, I, I don't believe that it started off as a hit and Rotten Tomatoes. Even right now, it has a 37 percent um, re- uh, <laughs> score. Uh, and 
But I, like I said, I would, I've, I've spoken to people, and I've, I've read online, I've seen online people talking about Demon Knight. I, I see people, more more people actually uh, remember it more fondly than, let's say, it was in the, when it first came out. Uh, it's, it's a cult movie. It's, yes. it's, if you like these types of movies, you really like this movies, or this movie. If you don't like, you know, thrashy horror movies, you won't like this movie. And what... Uh, Thing about this movie, like I had said before at the beginning, this movie was not supposed to be a Tales from the Crypt movie. This was a script that was written two years before the HBO series came out, and it was supposed to be a the film that would follow up Tell um, Child's Play by director Tom Holland, and oh. he Holland actually did go ahead and start working on this, but he went on to direct another movie that bombed, and then that deal was done. Then it went to the screenwriter of uh, Pumpkinhead, and he sat on it for a couple of years, and it didn't didn't go anywhere. And then it went to Mary Lambert, who was the director of Pet Cemetery, and she had a movie that just didn't do didn't do well. And after that movie, it kind of just kept going from you know from um, person to person until it finally landed in. Uh, Full Moon Features. So they almost had that that movie. I don't know if you know who Full Moon Features is, but they kind of have these these kind of cheaper mm-hmm. horror movies that they that they um, produce. And they actually produced uh, Puppet Master. Um, I think oh, that's, yeah, I've seen that's that. their one big movie. I don't know if they have anything else bigger than that, but. Um, yeah, so it, it it went around, and I they had the chance to to produce this movie, but I believe that the production um, the, the the production value would not have been there. The amount of money they that they needed for this movie was not there, so it got sold to Universal Pictures, which they went ahead and through the uh, Tales from the Crypt um, title on there did the wraparound stories for for the movie because Tales of the Crypt movie was coming but this was not supposed to be the first movie the first movie was supposed to be Dead Easy and uh, Body Count which were never produced were never um, done and they ended up doing this one now so there's two actually two versions of the script that came out for Demon Knight and I saw this on their on their document on their um, what's it called Behind the scenes documentary, when they first, when Universal Studios first saw the script about the de- with the demons and all that, um, they said it was going to be too much money, so they decided to change the demons to these kind of men in black kind of characters, where they're kind of dressed like the collectors, uh, just black trench coat, black glasses, a suit and tie and stuff, and the visual. But not f- Billy Zane. But not Billy Zane. Yeah. <laughs> So, but the, all the demons are going to look like that. So, I mean, how are you going to have a Tales from the Crypt movie without actual demons? Especially when the name of the movie is called Demon Knight. So, you have to have a main demon with little demons, right? Um, so, the effects guy that was originally um, doing this movie, he like, oh, I'll, 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 I'll come up with something. Give me the movie back. I'll, I'll pitch you something a little bit different. They got a little bit more money. They were able to get real thin actors to play the demons instead of using animatronics and like that so the demons are actual people um that have a, a 
kind of puppetry kind of stuff added to them and have a suit on them and, and stuff. So they're real thin people. And so they're real, they're, they're, like I said, it was practical. Um, that helped get the movie made. And um, yeah, we have Demon Knight now because of all this little thing that happened. So if not for all the stuff that happened, maybe we don't get Demon Knight as Tales from the Crypt. And it, I don't believe it would have been anywhere as good as if it was done by someone else. Yeah, well, the thing is, um, this sort of what happens to movie scripts. Especially uh, with horror movies. It's actually very common. Um, if, if there's a couple of documentaries out there where they talk about how it works, um, like with movie scripts. Um, I saw recently an interview with Max Landis uh, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how many movies he's written and how they sort of get sold and remade and rewritten and like all that. Sometimes a movie just goes through like a, 10 studios and then finally gets one. Mm-hmm. Um, it Yeah, it just happens. Um, it doesn't really mean that the quality is any less. Sometimes the studio just says like, no, we're not really, we don't really want to produce this or we don't have this like we're already doing something like this, you know? So there's two more movies that are Tales from the Crypt movies that came out. One being Bordello Blood. And the last one that was released direct-to-video without the Tales from the Crypt um, title was called Ritual. When that didn't do good, they went ahead and re-added the, the title Tales from the Crypt back to the movie, and it's now Tales from the Crypt Ritual. Neither one of these movies were officially supposed to be the sequels to Demon Knight. Uh, can do you have any idea of what two movies were supposed to be? Um, oh no idea. All right, so one of them, and this is back from this is from their um, behind the scenes uh, featurette. There is oh, I got the name of the movie. Can kind of just it kind of just I just kind of blanked. Um, from dust to dawn. So, oh, I can see that. Yeah, so they're very similar. Yeah, so from dust to dawn was supposed to be a Tales from the Crypt movie, but the deal didn't wasn't able, they weren't able to get the deal with with uh, um, what's his name? Um, Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yes, I, I'm not sure what's happening right now. I'm kind of just blanking. <laughs> so, yeah. So Rich Rodriguez was they weren't able to get the deal done with him. Uh, so they, I'm not sure if it was with him and or Tarantino. Because Tarantino helped them out with that movie, but it wasn't his movie. Uh, yeah, they both produced it. Yeah. So the second movie that was that did start off as a actual Tales from the Crypt script was The Frighteners, along with Michael J. Fox. And, oh, okay. Yeah. So that one started off as a, a Tales from the Crypt movie. The the producer of Tales from the Crypt looked at the script, said, "This is a lot better than than we thought it was going to be." So they gave it to to Peter Jackson, and this movie I I actually like this. Movie. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but I actually like this movie. Uh, Michael J. Fox comes appears in it. Uh, John Aston appears in it. Uh, it's uh, if you haven't seen it, I would I would recommend um, people to see it. I don't know what would have happened. Is a good movie. Yeah, I don't know what would have happened if it was if it kept the Tales from the Crypt because I know it went more into a uh, it got more of a uh, comedic element after that went it went on its own than before it was supposed to be a little bit more uh, scary. I guess I'm a little bit more horror, um, but it 
it worked out for the for the movie itself. The uh, Frighteners and four and four from Dust of Dawn, both of them made, did better uh, without the Tales from the Crypt movie. I don't I don't know what would have happened if they if they would have stayed as Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think from they Dust were. Dawn, I think pretty much lives on the reputation of Rodriguez and Tarantino. Yeah. So I think people would have seen that no matter what, even if it was, um, you know, uh, Tales from the Crypt. Um, but the Frighteners, yeah, I never knew it was Tales from the Crypt um, or supposed to be. So, um, yeah, it, it, I think it did pretty well. Um, it's a pretty good movie. So, yeah. So, for those of you who do not know, Tales from the Crypt is actually coming back to be produced for TNT as part of a new horror block. So in the next couple of years, uh, I don't know if it's going to be 2017 or 2018, but Tales of the Crypt is coming back. It's going to be produced by M. Night Shyamalan, so Shyamalan, Shyamalan Ding Dong. Um, I don't know how it's going to look, what's going to be. Um, hopefully they keep the, the spirit of the HBO series. Uh, and not only that, they're supposed to be a couple of shows along with it so um i know for once for one like i said i love the tv show i would like to go back and review some of the episodes and and blocks um i don't know if you're up for that as well sure yeah um and i know um people love that show so i would like to go pick our favorite episodes and just go over them and of course when this comes out i'll be more than glad to look at the new episodes and see if uh, they live up to the old the hbo series Oh yeah, we can do a whole new thing for the um, for the new series, like a weekly thing or something. Yeah, and there, I mean, there's a couple of shows coming out. I know there's that one. There's supposed to be another anthology film coming out, an anthology series coming out in TNT. There's the Mist that's coming out. Um, I'm not sure oh, who's yeah. going to be doing that. Uh, so there, there's quite a bit of TV shows coming out that we can uh, sink our teeth into and uh, talk horror, um, horror, uh, or talk about horror with uh, everybody in this show. Right now, um, the TV show Brain Dead is a, something I'd recommend to people. Um, Brain Dead is basically um, sort of alien invasion, but it's done in um, in political satire. Ooh. <laughs> and it's about these insects that come from space that replace people's brain. And it's sort of like um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, you know, where they all sort of do the same things and act the same. Mm-hmm. Um, in the TV show, there's been three or four episodes now. Um, they all listen to, like, the same music <laughs> and the one song. So every now and then you hear this song in the background, and you know that one of them sort of is near. And, um, yeah, Kinda it's like really good. Um, Jeepers stars, Creepers? Um, yeah, but no, this is better. Uh, it stars um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead um, from The Thing and what else has she done? Um, Scott Pilgrim. Okay. All kinds of movies. She was um, in Die Hard 3 and 4, I think. Um, so, yeah, it it that's what I recommend. It's sort of four-ish now. It's not a lot of other horror shows on TV. Well, they have, in quotation marks, horror show called Scream, which is 
supposed to be based on the movie franchise screen, but not really. It's just more of getting the title, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe when we get to finally get to Scream to review, we'll we'll look a couple episodes of, of the of the TV show and see <laughs> if it even holds up to it. Um, I'm, we might be surprised. I don't know, uh, but uh, I've seen the first episode. It's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what we, what happens there. Uh, any final thoughts on uh, Tales from the Crypt: Demon Knight? Awesome. Uh, if you haven't seen it and you like trashy horror movies, definitely see it. Um, if you can get like the blu-ray uh if it's even out in blu-ray it is and um yeah you'll be entertained this is a very fun movie to watch i also recommend this movie so it's two recommends from us and i would recommend like just like our last film uh that we reviewed which was uh creep show i recommend seeing this with a group of people uh oh yeah if you've seen it i recommend seeing it with people who have not seen it before and just seeing what they think of the movie as it goes on. Um, I think it's a lot more fun to see it with people who have not seen it before uh, because you get to see their reactions to, to the movie, and especially yeah. if you love it. Because so, like, it looks all really disgusting. So if you see it with a lot of people, you know, it, it'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, we will be coming back in a couple of weeks. Uh, hopefully not as long of a delay that from this one to the last one, but uh, we have a special episode coming up, and we're not going to go ahead and talk about it yet. We will um, bring somebody on board, someone else, one of our buddies um, on board, and we're going to talk about uh, stuff. I won't, I won't spoil it, but uh, keep, in, keep in touch with us on Twitter. Uh, where can they find you, Nick? On uh, at SickMindNick. And you can find me at Perspective. Uh, you can find us on, or you can find me on um, on Facebook and Snapchat as well, and even the Peris- on um, Periscope. Whenever I decide to get on there, um, I'm actually under Better Call Me there on Periscope. Um, and just let us know. Uh, if you guys, like, like we said last time, if you guys have any movies you want to recommend to us, let us know, and we'll be more than happy to take a look at those movies. We'll You're see you guys next time. Hello, what? On the Snapchat. On the Snapchat. Don't send me uh, gross things on Snapchat, guys. <laughs> and Come now on, I'm gonna send them really gross things. And now I'm gonna get the a lot of gross things. Someone who sends like poop or anything to him will get like a special song by me in the next podcast. <laughs> uh, damn you, Nick. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Okay, well, we'll leave you guys there. We'll we can't wait to um, see you guys again or hear you hear from you guys and um, record our next episode because it's gonna be a fun one. See you guys. See you.